Hey, all you hot messes. This is the professional intro now, okay? We are, we're here for another episode, um, all aboard for the Hot Mess Teacher Express, because there's, there's room for everyone on this thing. You, you, come, come on, come on aboard. of the hot mess teacher express is things i i would never do as a teacher and not in a cliche way like oh i would never do that like no i i've tried these things or i just it terrifies me to even think about trying these things in a classroom it just it doesn't work in theory it sounds really good in college when they give you these things or you see it on pinterest it's just it 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 doesn't it doesn't work and maybe it's just because i am a a literal hot mess teacher and it, it just it didn't work for for my classroom because it was it it was a hot mess and it might work for your classroom because you might be a little bit more put together you're in the first class car of the hot mess teacher express but the first thing that I would would never do as a teacher is use a public way to chart behavior. I actually did this in my first school that I taught at. Um, we, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. We used a clip chart. Um, it was it was school wide that we had to use this clip chart for our classes. And the kids would literally have to go up to this chart that was different colors. If you don't know what a clip chart is, I'm about to bring this horror into your life. It was uh, a different color. I forget the colors, but it was blue, green, red, orange, or orange, red. And the kids would start on the green part of the chart. And then if they did something bad, they would have to go up to the chart with their name on it, take their clip and and move it down into the orange zone okay and there was certain things that we did when it was in the orange zone or in god forbid the red zone okay or if they did something good it would move up it's not a good idea okay or even class dojo or whatever new behavior tool they're pushing at school it's it's just a giant it's it's a giant no from me Students should not be publicly humiliated or shamed, even if they are being horrible at the moment. It, it goes against everything that my classroom space should be. And, and also, why would I highlight or give attention to the negative behavior? I, I found that out in my first few years because again, this was just something that we've been doing for forever. And it was something that my first school that I taught in was doing forever. They used the clip chart. And that's what they did. And no one had come in and said, hey, let's 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 think about actually what what we're doing here. It's just think about the way that your kids feel whenever you are you're publicly charting behavior, good or bad. 
The second thing that I would never do as a teacher if I were to go back into the classroom is hand out homework. I hated homework. I don't want to do any work after school. So why would I hand out work that, and let's be honest here, okay, will sit in my teacher bag to be graded until the end of time. We could go through the apocalypse and that stack of papers will still be there, okay? Most of these kids are doing after-school activities like clubs or sports or just living. Okay, let them. It's it's fine. You're They're allowed to have lives and have fun and be kids. And you don't have to give out extra work. It's just, just don't try it. Try it for a week. See what happens. You will become the most favorite teacher ever. I, I guarantee it. The next thing that I would not do or I learned to not do in my classroom is ban doodling or fidgeting. You know your kids, and they know your expectations as a teacher. You know if it's distracting or not. For me, it was, I learned that it was just not a fight that I was willing to fight. Doodling and fidgeting is often a way for students to express themselves quietly, and I did not realize that at at the time. And if my students were doing everything I asked them to do, and never, I never really fought the doodlers or fidgeters. Do I get bored in class sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Do I get sick of my voice? Yeah. And I'm the one teaching. So I cannot expect that they don't need some sensory output every now and again. Plus, you know what? I got some pretty amazing pieces of doodle art from them. They're, They're actually very talented. The next thing that I will never, ever do is be combative or rude with parents. And this is just this is just who I am as a human in general. I'm not I'm not a confrontational person. So even if a parent who is rude and is trying to ruin my professional reputation, I always try to remember that they are they're fighting for the human that is their whole entire world. Even if that human is it's not the greatest human in the world, but that human that is sitting in there in my class is their entire world. And the same human that they're trying to protect. So showing kindness, listening, or understanding where these parents are coming from will often shut down competitive behavior from those parents. I would say about 97% of the time, okay? It's not not all the time because you're going to get some real jerks, but they usually won't want to fight if there's no one to fight. I'm not talking about being a doormat. I'm not talking about letting people be rude to you, but I I always did the best that I could for the students that were that were in my room, and I tried to tried to get that across to those parents. If the kids that came into my classroom enjoyed my class felt seen and safe in my classroom, their parents would often feel the same way towards me. The next thing that I would never ever do is have students sit during an entire class period. We are moving and grooving. We're getting those brain juices flowing. And sometimes this was more for me than the kids. And there's, honestly, for me, there was nothing more discouraging to be 
there on a Tuesday morning and, you know, you're like, you're knee deep in the week, right? And those kids are slouched over in their chairs with their head leaning against their hand, just that glazed donut look, okay? While I'm teaching and trying to be exciting, that was so discouraging for me to look out and see those faces of kids who weren't excited at all to be there. So when I'm teaching, I want some sort of engagement with my class, okay? Is this one about me? Yes. Do I want to see them excited? Yes. I I need some sort of something from them. I feed off of their energy just as much as they feed off of mine. And that's why I do not have them sit. Sometimes we we maybe go outside for a lesson or maybe we I don't go to the gym and run around or whatever it is find that place for them to be able to move around. The next thing that I am never, ever going to do as a teacher is ask students about their bathroom usage. If a kid needs to go, they need to go, okay? I'm not going to sit here interrogating them why they didn't go during break or at lunch. Because, listen, we've all been in situations where you have to go right now It doesn't matter, not five minutes ago, not 10 minutes ago, but now, if I have the same kid using the bathroom five times during one class period, okay, I might might send them to the nurse because that sounds like an issue that she, she can help you with. But I do not have the time or energy to add bathroom monitor to my list of jobs that I, I complete during the day. It's just... Little, little demeaning there. The next thing that I would never do is put the lesson plan over a moment. And what I'm talking about is these discussions and, and life situations happen in our classrooms all the time. And sometimes a lesson can get interrupted by a random question. A, a kid might have an insightful, <laughs> I know, the crazy. A kid might have an insightful moment during a lesson. And if I held up those standards above those teachable, livable, applicable, and learnable moments in my class, then what am I doing here? Okay? That's what we're doing as as teachers and in our classrooms. Some of these kids are just looking to have an insightful conversation with with someone (laughs) most of the time. These kids are going into the world looking at their phones or looking at a screen or not being able to interact with the people around them. And I feel like those teachable, beautiful moments where we choose those moments above what needs to be on the lesson plan, then we're, we're setting our kids up for success to go out into the world and to relate and, and be good humans. The next thing that I would not ever do is is go to battle with my students over things that can be compromised on. Okay, this is this is a pretty self-explanatory one. You can pick your battles. If you know where a kid is at that day, they might be having a really, really bad day. 
and that might be the day that that you need to compromise on something. Hey, if you can get this one question done, then then you can move on to an activity that you want to do. Okay. It's sometimes it's it's hard to do that. You didn't when they need to like complete the whole entire worksheet, just just pick your battles. The next thing that I would not do is not participate in dress up days, spirit days, homecoming week. Okay. Whenever, when everyone else in that school has funky hair for the day or is dressed up like a tacky tourist, I am not ever going to be the bump on the log teacher that is too good to get dressed up or have fun. My husband is a high school history teacher and he, every Thursday, is fun shirt Thursday at their school. This man, every single Thursday, will have a fun shirt. Did we spend an exorbitant amount of money on stupid shirts? You bet we did, because he just wanted to participate in Fun Shirt Thursday. And it's and it's kind of a game for his students to see what what shirt, what's gonna be on his shirt. Oh, is it Ron Swanson grilling a steak? That's that's pretty cool. Or maybe parrots, just something. You look like a grump when you come to school without a costume or without participating in those days. Is is it an extra effort to do? Yeah, it, it is. Will it mean the world to some of your students, though, to see you have, God forbid, a little bit of fun? Yeah, so so it's worth it. The next thing that I would never, ever do is be the first one in the parking lot and the last one out. And I, this is going to be a tough one for some of you because you insist on being that person. You think that there's some sort of prize that they give out for this. But I, I, I am here to tell you that, that no, there is not. And this is how teachers get burnt out. And... I'm, I'm just going to say it, that some of you are contributing to this problem that we have. If I don't stay three hours after school, then then it, it's not going to get done. If I don't come in at 5 a.m., then then I won't be ready. And, and I don't know what I'm teaching that. Then listen, if you're not ready, you're not ready for that day. That's That's not your problem. That's not your problem. That is the problem of the hours that your school districts and contracts have placed you under. If they would like you to get more done, then they need to show you the money. Your time, your mental capacity, and your life is not free. Respect that fact and understand that there is only so much that you can do during your seven to eight hours of your contracted school day. It's it's okay to go home. If you've had a really long day, go home. If you're feeling like you could get a couple couple things done at the end of your day because you're feeling good, then, then get a couple things done. But just understand that those contracted hours are in are, are contracted for a reason. Okay, they think that you can get all of this stuff done. And if you can't, then you can't. Not your problem. The next thing that I would never do is not have a class read aloud. I do not care what grade you are teaching. Kids, teenagers love to be read to. I 
adults love to be read to. That's that's why Audible exists. <laughs> Kids, we all love stories. So even if it's like a funny picture book, the amount of times that me, an adult woman, has been thoroughly entertained by a children's picture book, it's it's mind-blowing. Or, or even if it's an intriguing chapter book for your class, if you teach algebra, open a book with them for five to ten minutes as your class opener. It's truly, truly magic. They, they might make fun of you if you're doing, doing that pre-algebra class, but, you know, try it out. Try it out. The next thing that I would never do is compare myself to other teachers online or or in my school. And this this took me a while to learn. And I know some of you are hearing that music in the background. And this is this is me, right? From the greatest showman. Does anyone hear that music in the background? No, no, none of us. Okay. All right, that's fine. Maybe it's it's my soundtrack in my brain. But Comparing is a very, very dangerous game. Just like our students, not all teachers are the same. We've got type A teachers to type what is going on. And teachers, the messy teachers, the organized teachers, my organized is going to look like a disaster area and trigger some other teachers just like their organization looks like a straitjacket to me. If we try to be that cute teacher who has their life together for Instagram or that other teacher down the hall, we're, we're not doing ourselves or our students any favors. Some kids need you and your classroom. Be confident in that. There's, there's no shame in you being not like that person down the hall or not like this teacher that you saw on Pinterest, you are like no one else that they have ever had teach them before. And that is so beautiful and amazing. And and we need to be celebrating each other's strengths and also helping each other when we can. Sometimes your strengths are going to be what someone else needs to see and learn from. <laughs> 